But we went to That's... we went to the fancier peaches, which is a couple of blocks away, and I had catfish, but I had two, counting two cocktails. Okay. So that folks, means should... it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good night. Because <laughs> I'm uh You're as good. you know, everybody, this is a George movie night, so yep. it means Harry Hominids. Lady we're gonna talk means... about Augie Creek, the adventure continues. Or as it's also and... known, the oh I, I didn't write till... did you see it has another title? Let's go to the song. <laughs> Study Bimco Part 2, The Revenge, the show where we create revenge sequels that nobody wanted. If you ever darken my doorsteps again, I'll turn on the porch light. Yeah. Let me say, let me say it's Study Bimco. Study right, Bimco Part 2, The Revenge. Woo! Phew. And later, Tim, what makes gonna, this the revenge? What makes it the revenge? Because later we're going to watch a movie and we're going to talk about the revenge sequels that were never made. Yeah, we're going to make these up for you, dear listeners. And in fact, we have a wild card question that I draw out of a jar. All right, Tim's pulling it out of the jar. So, George, it's number yes. four I picked out of the hat. So we're going to watch this movie and ask who from this movie would be most likely to <laughs> become a superhero. Ugh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh, did you have a great Ooh. week? Or if you're my out- week what? Outraged. Well, let me tell you about my week. Whoa, oh, outrage. Okay, I'm going to, you know what, Tim? I know we we often are pretty careful about this here because we at Seti Bimco we don't we we try not to offend other people, but I am yeah. going to put a chunk of the populace on blast because oh, this no. week, yeah, this week my brother and I we flew down to the state of Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah. We picked up my dad and we drove with him up the northeast coast you to escaped. North Carolina. You broke him where out of Florida. We visited my sister, who's just moved there. My sister, who's been a, uh, a California resident, she and her husband, for decades now. They just, in the last couple of weeks, have moved out to North Carolina, Asheville specifically. And we, yes. uh, we drove out there. And um, what I'm going to say I'm outraged at is just the general <laughs> state of Florida. Well, how long were you there? You got him and ran, right? No, we, we spent a, a couple nights in Florida. Ooh bookending the trip yeah florida hey, is just uh it's it's florida stinks it's hot it's muggy uh well yeah. i don't like florida it that's I, all you're complaining about hot and muggy i no. i mean there's so look <laughs> we know it's I hot think and muggy. We all, i think we all look look everybody like, i want you to know visual aid i'm <laughs> fixing tim with a steady gaze <laughs> we know the problems with florida there's a reason why Bugs Bunny sawed off Florida and let it so- float into the Caribbean. Florida is a problem. And I had to spend a couple days there in Florida. And while I have family in Florida, um, I do not enjoy Florida. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to complain about my outrage at just being in Florida. North Carolina, aces. Loved it. Asheville, that's a great place. It's, it's small compared to New York. But if you're listening from Asheville – Way to go. You've made a really nice little place for yourselves there. I went to I, I went to a fucking DVD store and bought two DVDs. Ooh, shout out yeah. to Asheville. Hashtag Asheville. Shout out to Orbit <laughs> Video, specifically at Asheville. Oh, Ate Orbit all these Video. Great places. Yeah, had a great time. Let me went write to that Florida. Down. Orbit yeah. Video. How do you spell Orbit that? Orbit Video. Uh, like Orbit, like a planet. Orbit Video. Yeah. <laughs> Is that pronounced it's, Orbit or... Or bit, pretty cool. They also have Tim. If you're comics. interested in like uh, increasing your uh, knowledge of the arcane, like spells and they pagan gods, yeah. no, no comics oh, at all. Actually, Harry Potter books. Okay, 
No, no Harry Potter books because they don't like turfs. No, like full on shit. Like if you want to like really like you're like, hey, Baphomet, I want powers. Mm-hmm. They probably have cooler gods than Baphomet, but like there was like there was like a literal whole section of pagan gods. All right. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked it. That's not much of an outrage. Well, no, Florida. <laughs> Guys, Florida. If you live in Florida, what is that noise, Tim? Uh, drag racing. Oh, okay. It, all right. <clears throat> So Just car, car drag racing. Don't panic, George. Not. I was pretty. Dra- I, don't get I, upset. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, nice thing about Asheville. There was drag stuff everywhere. All these wow. drag stories. Yeah, but Florida. Florida is a degraded state, and if you live there, I'm sorry to say you've been degraded by virtue of the government there. That's a bad place. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, at this point, it's full of bad people. Not exclusively. Not exclusively. There's exclusively. good people there. You know, Mikey. But P, you should I really think get Mikey out. Mikey P lives there. He well, does. Who who helped us guest host? Yeah, Mikey P, who liked Generation well, X, the Marvel TV movie from the nineties. Well, enough said. He like sent, I said, Florida made of bad people. He sent me some nice stickers because he's now a co-host of the movie mixtape. Sent me some nice stickers, and the address was Florida. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I forget he lives in Florida. Hmm. Yeah, because he scared me. I'm like, who's writing me from Florida? Yeah, Ooh. if I got mail from unsolicited mail from Florida, I'd probably <laughs> have to open that up behind, like you know, in like a bombproof shelter. <laughs> Florida's not good, folks. That's what I'm outraged at. The general no, that, state of Florida. Okay. How about you, Tim? That wasn't as funny as I thought it would be. Nah, that was real. I kept it real. Kept it real. Uh, Wait, are we recording? We're recording. Okay. My outrage. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am outraged. I saw All the right, new sir. McDonald's uh, campaign, and it's it's a grimace. It's grimace's birthday, so there's a purple shake. Can't it be a grape? Shake. What what a fun thing for a kid to say. Grape shake. Grape shake. Although they will say they'll say grape grape shapes and I know. But anyway. I have a question before you go any further. Did you know that Grimace in like the echelon of McDonald's characters represented the shake? Yeah, I know. He's always drinking. I didn't. No, my um it wasn't until college my roommate told me about the commercial where he first appeared where he makes the ground shake because he's so big. Because I was always like, what is he? Is he like a weird purple McNugget? (laughs) Yeah, because like well, you know, early bird. She's a that's... she's the breakfast menu. The fry guys are obviously fries. The hamburgers, are the hamburgers. Ronald is the long yeah. meat menu off the back. You know, you could like, hey, give me some of that. But why, yeah, why why celebrate him? Because he's horrific. You know, his birthday. He is. He hatched. Yeah. He hatched first before his other siblings, and he ate all of their other twelve of his siblings. Oh, wow, that's 12? that's how it works. Wait, so he, he what, what species grimace is? They lay clutches of eggs of thirteen. We don't know. Well, you just spoke with great certainty on the subject. <laughs> I should. I can say no more. <laughs> uh, Tim is the world's foremost example. What I mean is he a mammal? Is he a reptile? Well, he's a he's, marsupial. He's the I confusing mean, kind, like a platypus. We're like, what is he? Oh, a monotreme. So he's like a mammal that lays eggs. Is that what that's called? Yeah. Stop it. Yep, you know it. Monotremes. <laughs> that's kidneys, platypi. I don't think that's how you actually pluralize that. I'm yeah. Yep. I'm also outraged. Uh-huh. And I won't name names. There's a there's a man he was written up in the Times and he makes pizza at different places because he doesn't have a store. And mm-hmm. Mondays he makes pizza in our neighborhood at a restaurant. Like he's got Is it the, the place oven. that you often go to? No, it's it's his new. He you order like one of five personal pies, he makes it for you, gives it to you, and it's really good. And as I walked away with my box, he shouted at me, he's like now, don't take that home and warm it up in the microwave. And I'm just outraged that he thinks I'm that type of person. 
that would take a pizza mm. home and warm it up in a microwave. And he's shouting at everybody, pointing at me, like as if now all those people think I'm that type of person. I suppose you questions. know not to do that, right? Put a pizza in the yeah, microwave. Yeah, I mean, it just turns for gummy. me. Yeah, you got to do it either in the stove or home, failing that, maybe an air fryer. And I'm eating it. Or I leave it at a room temperature. That's my way. Like, just kind of like let it sit at, like, you know, let it just kind of gradually. Yeah, let, get, let the get cheese salmonella. just get bad. Yeah, salmonella is <laughs> good. Uh, Tim, when he asked you this. No, he shouted at me as I walked away. When he shouted this to you, making <laughs> you an object of ridicule, were you carrying a bunch of bananas? No. No bananas. No, okay. So no chance of supermodels becoming engaged in conversation with bananas. Oh, I forgot that news story. Did you see the news story that they had a funeral and the lady knocked on her coffin? I, I sent did. this. You never look at my stories. I looked at this one. Yeah, it was um, a woman. 76. It was Paraguay, if I'm remembering correctly. Ecuador. 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 Just being very racist in my glomming together of various <laughs> yes. South American countries. But uh, yeah, woman, did you catch the timeline of that? Uh, it says relatives. Open she coffin. died like Friday morning and Friday evening. They were already having the wake preparing to, yeah. to bury her. I think there's a, a lot of money involved here or something. I think they were trying to get. Yeah, they were trying to get rid of her quick. <laughs> yeah. So this woman, this woman, quote unquote, died. I don't know if it's a Friday morning. I seem to remember it be Friday morning in the morning. By the afternoon, late afternoon, they were already having a wake where they were all sitting there saying all their goodbyes, the Mm -hmm. whole family assembled. 20 of them. Which props ever getting together, yeah. After five hours. Five hours. They heard a a noise coming from the coffin. It was her awake. But the article was pretty clear. They didn't expect her to make a full recovery. So they were just like... (laughs) Like, well, we got to wait a couple more hours. (laughs) It's Friday. Grandma on the ground. Yeah. It's Friday. You know, there was definitely somebody like passing like a bill to like the funeral director. Like, look, we just come on. I got, <laughs> I, on, got yeah, I got tickets to a football match. You know, <laughs> there's a new, there's a new uh, milkshake. Uh, you know, grimace celebration at McDonald's <laughs> this weekend only. <laughs> hey, Bigfoot. Hey, this movie. <laughs> Oh, they, Tim, actually, I don't know if you noticed. I don't think they ever say the word Bigfoot. They don't. The movie that we are discussing this week is 1984's Five. Boggy Creek 2, The Legend Continues. And um, I have some stuff to say about this one just to give a little history of this because it is a sequel. Uh, but basically, the synopsis, and Tim always gives me a hard time because I give long synopses, but this is two sentences. This is it. It's two sentences. A anthropology professor from Arkansas, his takes two of his students and one of their friends into a trip into the wilds to document stories and capture, or maybe just capture footage of a Bigfoot like monster known as the beast of Boggy Creek or the Fook monster. The end. That's it. Yay. Yeah. And this is like the third movie I know of a teacher bringing students. Cause there's well, one. That's the thing. It's a crazy, this is why <laughs> yes. I did it. Because this is very similar to last week's movie, um, or the last episode's movie, uh, which was um, the Shriek of the Mutilated? Yeah, Shriek of the Mutilated. Or Shriek. Oh, that sounded weird. It was more than Shrieks one Shriek. Mutil- okay, yeah. <laughs> which is the exact, even like down to like the same, well, there's, okay, this one there's two female students and one male student. That mm-hmm. one there was two females and two males. And it's even and- very similar to the Werewolf and the Yeti, where again, anthropology professor 
bringing two female students and the various hangers on of dude varieties, and including a bossy, the guy who becomes a rope. Sorry. And, and a, a bossy what? teacher. And a bossy teacher. This yeah. <laughs> and all of these, a bossy teacher who really, like, does nothing all three movies does nothing to like convey any sense of like he seems like an insane person it's like why are people following this person and there's no nobody did anything else in this movie no well actually i want to that's what i want to talk about the history oh. so let me give you all a quick history of this so you'll notice it's boggy creek too the first boggy creek was from 1977 it was called uh no 1972 i think which is called The Legend of Boggy Creek. And this is a movie that is kind of like super famous in Bigfoot circles. Uh, this guy, Charles B. Pierce, who plays the main character in this movie, was the director, producer, everything. He was an advertising salesman who uh, worked as a set decorator on a few films in Hollywood and was like, I want to move back to Arkansas, where I come from, and create independent films. And he starts off doing this film based on this Actual and by actual, pretend I'm doing big hand quotes, <laughs> yeah. cryptid called the Fook Monster. This was mm-hmm. a creature people were seeing in this one town called Fook in Arkansas. And the original Boggy Creek is kind of like the, one of the first docudramas where it's he's interviewing people who actually saw this monster, the real people, um, refilming recreations of their encounters. Uh, and it was a, a cult hit. It was filmed for like a $160,000 in 1972 ended up grossing $22 million. I think it used to be on the CBS late movie when I was like a kid. I definitely grew up with it. That's the thing. It's kind of hard to see right now. Cause I guess his estate has gotten those rights back and they've redone something uh-huh. with it. So you have to pay to rent it. We're not going to pay to see this movie <laughs> right now, but the original one is very like, if you are like a person who goes out in the woods looking for Bigfoot, like this is a movie that you credit as being a big influence, right? The original Boggy Creek made me go out. The, the woods movie we watched tonight is a sequel done in 1984 by the same guy, Charles B. Pierce, who directed like nine or 10 movies of varying quality, mostly outside of the Hollywood system, but with some big stars. He directed like Lee majors. What? Yeah. Um, wow. and, uh, like he he had a pretty successful career. He also did the Town that Feared Sundown. You may have heard that one. It's uh-huh. about the uh, mm-hmm. the Phantom Killer. Um, he regards this as his worst film. I will say I don't think this film was that bad. This this one or the the Town that Dreads Dead Night. This one that we watched, Boggy Creek oh. too. This was him. Uh, it was like his ninth or tenth film. Producers wow. were like. And he you was the to, main actor, like, right? Did I read? He was the main actor in wow. this one. In the first one, he plays like a bit part. Um, the first one is like you're watching a documentary, like, but it's not quite. So the cast, Charles B. Pierce, the director, the producer, one of the producers, the writer, and he's the main character. He plays Dr. Brian C. Lockhart. I call him he, Professor. You're right. They call him Prof a lot. I'm, I'm calling him that. I'm just telling you that. He, his character, can we just say, his character is an asshole. Yeah, yeah. Can I read you a quote, Tim? So this movie, I've seen this movie several times as part of Mystery Science Theater 3000. This is my first time ever watching it. Not in Mystery Science Theater 3000. There was a lot of new scenes for me and also not having jokes. This is what (laughs) Bill Corbett, one of the performers and writers at Mystery Science Theater, said about this movie. It's the kind of movie that seems to hate you, to wish you active harm, 
to kick sand in your eyes and make you cry. And for me, this is personified by Mr. Charles B. Pierce, who is apparently responsible for every single aspect, every nanosecond of this cruel and unusual bit of celluloid. He chose to write and play a grim, hostile, condescending know-it-all of a man, <laughs> a character who's proven superior to everyone else in the story again and again, who drills his lousy, stinking voiceover narrative into our heads every freaking minute of this film, and who then has the temerity to wrap this movie up, suggesting his sour Nazi of a character is really an ecological servant of God. Yes, I read that. That's pretty much the character. <laughs> um, his, uh, his son, Chuck Pierce Jr., plays his prize student, Tim Thornton. His real this life guy son. Can't ke- his real life son. Oh. Doesn't play son in the movie. This guy can't keep his shirt on. Nope. It's like definitely the dad was saying, like, you're a sex symbol. This guy needs to eat a sandwich I, and then need another sandwich. I, they grow some fucking chest hair. I ca- he's, I, yeah, I call him shirtless Tim. <laughs> he sucks. I hated <laughs> that guy. Then there was uh, Tanya. Serene Hedden. No, Tim, you said it correctly, but they call her Tanya. Yeah, they say Tanya. Tanya Yazzie. I have to say, <laughs> surprisingly attractive woman. Like well, she not? did a few other movies. I'm like this movie, this woman, and this is the thing. This movie better than the average Seti Bimco fair. This movie, this woman had some real star power. Um, <laughs> very like in a very eighties look at her way. I'm like, wow, she's very attractive. And yes, then they, actually the other woman was also very attractive. They stuck them both in cutoff shorts, and we got like shots of their butts multiple well, times. <laughs> yeah, but not just them. Everyone, all four main characters. Oh, Cindy Butler plays Leslie Ann Walker. Uh, she's like the uh, the she, skeptic. She hates everything. She hates everything. Um, she's like there's funny scenes with her. All you will see if you want to see all four of these and like like the most Daisy Duke of Daisy Dukes, including <laughs> Charles B. Pierce with his little chicken legs. Like yes. there's definitely scenes you could see the side of his scrotum because like the shorts are so <laughs> short. So yeah, it opens up. We're at the uh, God what University it's just of school. Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, football game. Yeah, they're watching a football game. We see Charles B. Pierce by himself pumping his fist going, yeah, football. We see the two <laughs> girls next to each other. He looks at them in a weird way. And she's like, that's unsettling. Yeah. And meanwhile, his, his maybe the only scene in the entire movie is wearing a shirt. His mm-hmm. son is off, is answering the phone. He's like, yes, I'll tell the professor. Yeah. We never hear the conversation, no. but the sheriff of Fook calls the professor of anthropology, played by <laughs> Charles B. Pierce, the director, that there has been more sightings of the legendary Fook monster, a.k.a. the Beast of Boggy Creek. Fook. And this, who what? Fook. Fook. Did I say it weird? No. Oh. And <laughs> that is the gist of the movie. This does not follow a three-act structure. This is not following <laughs> any act structure. This is, like, this is a movie. I could see why Mystery Science Theater did it, because it was very easy to remove chunks of this movie and never have them. Right. Nothing. It's it's a series of weird vignettes Tim, Tim with Rod- occasional recreations. Tim, Tim knows where his professor is sitting in the football game, and he runs through the whole stadium <laughs> to get him out of the football game because he's got to go see the Fook monster. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Again, another professor of anthropology. Just this guy should – I hope he doesn't have tenure. He's got like three friends. Yep. Those uh, two girls and uh, – Those two girls. Shirtless Tim. The two shockingly attractive girls. <laughs> his son, who he's trying to make a sex symbol, but it's not going to happen because this guy is – yeah, he's not Deficient. even. He's. It's okay if he's asexual, but it, it's odd for this movie. He's asexual. He's like. He is, a, and you know what's funny? Never Tim, looks at actually those girls. Yeah, there's. I thought for sure there'd be like a plot where like 
there's some <laughs> hint like he's with these two like objectively very attractive women and like he's clearly being played to the cameras like mm-hmm. this guy has so many shots of him removing his shirt showing off his <laughs> sunken hairless chest like charles b pierce is like my son's gonna be a sex symbol yeah. <laughs> but there's no hint nope there's no camp i mean it's like i don't even know if he has a scene with any of those girls maybe he was jealous he was like nope these girls are mine you know, I mean, in real life, he wasn't going to let him well, act with them. There is a yeah, there is a scene I will draw attention to. Oh yeah, so um, that's the setup. Yeah, they just get in the car. Mm-hmm. Their jeep. They have a jeep, and they head they have out. A jeep. Yep, a jeep and a uh, a trail uh, and a, a trailer a camper. somehow. Yeah. And yeah. they go to the this town, and they stop at a gas station. Which to hear the narration by Charles B. Pierce, you would think Arkansas was like the most hidden like recesses of the Congo or something. It's like (laughs) he refers to it multiple times as like one of the last wildernesses. I'm like, it's it's fucking Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, granted, it's pretty there's wilds to be found, especially (laughs) in the 80s. But like, come on, it's not like, yeah, it's not like there's giant fucking ape people walking around there or is there? That they go to Exxon. And this is one of those Exxon stations where he goes inside and like there's old men playing cards, reading the paper, drinking coffee. And he announces he's there to look for a monster. Man, that scene is funny, right? That scene. Do you want to talk us through that one? Yeah, there ain't ain't no monsters around here unless you're looking for Grimace. Remember he said that. (laughs) But that's basically what they're like. They laughed at him. What I should mention, Charles B. Pierce, the director, he casts these movies. He put his friends, he had a few real actors in this, but he would hang out at gas stations in Arkansas and cast people who showed up at the gas station. So this really? is clearly people. Who, yeah, I was reading this. So he would just find locals. These were clearly locals. And the locals basically are like, y'all a city boy. We all know there ain't no monster out hereabouts. <laughs> and like they're mocking this professor who's like, like, as you may have hinted from what I read earlier, he cast himself as the ultimate know-it-all badass. Right, right. And, like, he's, he pays for the gas. He's like, I'm going to go get this monster. They're like, ain't no monster here, you dumb city boy. <laughs> and after they leave, like, these worst extras, these fucking yokels, like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we got a monkey suit right. and surprised <laughs> him? And then he walks, Charles Pierce walks back in. You know, I am a city boy. And I am scared of that monster. And if I were to see that monster, I'd probably blow him away with my guns. <laughs> yes. And they're all like, well, maybe we won't go out and surprise you. You got guns? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of guns in this movie. A shocking amount of guns. And the one, one old man reading the newspaper, he's like, my, my favorite comic strip, Motley Crue, has been canceled. And they replaced it with this new Calvin and Hobbes thing. Is the tiger alive? Is the tiger not alive? I I don't even know. What happened to Marmaduke? I want to read about a big dog. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. He was upset Lockhorns was canceled. No, (laughs) Tim, Lockhorns has never been canceled. That thing, the original (laughs) Bill Host died like 30 years ago. That shit's still going strong. (laughs) A good comic strip will die. Lockhorns, Lockhearts never dies. Lockhearts? Lockhart. That's wait. Was that called Lockhorns? The Lockhorns. Lockhart. What the fuck is Lockhart's? That's the whole premise, George. They're yeah. They're a married Lockhart's, couple. They hate it. each other. For those of you who don't know, because you're not 90 like Tim and I, <laughs> it was a comic strip about two people who hated each other. Uh, Leroy Lockhorn is always cheating on his wife. His wife is a shrill harridan, and that's the funniness. When, when I had a, when I got the funny pages on Sunday as a kid, 
you know, I'd read Peanuts and I'd read all the other good ones. Then I'd go back through and I'm like, well, what didn't I read? The last one always. I'm like, okay, I haven't read the Lockhorns. <laughs> Let's see you know how what? much. I like the I like the way that he drew shoes. <laughs> I look at like, yeah, he drew good shoes that episode. I can't remember. Right yeah. I just remember he was hunched over. Right? He was hunched over, his underwear was showing. Oh, he was yeah, always had a little bit of vomit on his shirt. Anyway. Oh no, that Tim, that was the mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so oh so they visit right, a farm. So, well, no, before that, I just want to mention they find roadkill. Oh yeah. They're like they make what? a big scene that they just find like a deer at the side of the road. And like you would think they found like the corpse of JFK. They make such a big it's, like, it's a fucking deer. Like a car hit. He's like, Where's the car then? It's I know. Like, oh, does it look like, like it this looks is like, it looks like a grimace chewed on his neck there? <laughs> yeah. He's like, looks like a purple shake monster was chewing on its hindquarters, pa. Put your shirt on, son. Cause I Nobody stops for a dead deer. No. And they drag it to the side of the road so the cars <laughs> and hit it. And the it. women, the girl folk, because this is a sexist move. You're watching oh, the yeah. car like so sexist. What's going on? Yeah, it's very sexist. Oh, these women are not given any wins in this movie, let me tell you. <laughs> no, they're not. Anytime you were put opposed to the hero of this movie, the director, Charles B. Pierce, you will be shown up in a way that it shows how <laughs> wrong and degraded you are. You might as well live in Florida as far as this guy's right. concerned. It's like, stand back. It's right. a dead deer. So then they go. We'll deal is with that it. when they. Oh, no. Before we get to the farms, Tim, there is a scene that I think is important to mention because you yeah. actually texted me about this. They make their camp. They set up their headquarters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know and uh, the shirtless boy is drawing a picture of what he thinks the uh, Fook monster would look like, the Boggy Creek monster. Not only, it's like your typical Bigfoot. Yeah. Not only does he seem to be asexual, he's a nerdy artist. So, <laughs> Tim, wait. Do we hate him because he was us? Probably. Because he drew, he drew a pretty I, good picture of Sasquatch. I it was know. pretty good. I would say this. All right. I was a nerd. I does not at his age. I wouldn't have been very successful with ladies. I would at least tried. You kidding me? If I was out there with Tanya, I'd be like, Tanya, hey, how's it going? She's like, get away from you, creep. Like, all right, I'll go. He doesn't try ever. Nope. But he shows the picture of this ape person to this, Tanya and this was him trying. Leslie. Cindy. Oh, you're right. Because he does make a funny. He goes, eh? which was like the only bit of character he shows. <laughs> you didn't and, see, but and, the pages unfolded, and he drawn the whole Sasquatch body, body with a, you know, with a big. Big it was dong. like a centerfold. A yeah, there was just like, a big huh? dong. Look at that. that. Look at that. Like, what do you think? Circumcised. Don't you think he's Jewish? And, <laughs> so uh, work. and Cindy, the one woman, she's like, oh, my God, we're going to see. That's like, wait, you went on this whole fucking expedition. And Leslie. You're going to see a Bigfoot? Leslie. It's Leslie oh, Cindy's the and real Tanya. Actress, you're right. Tanya. And Tanya's like, I don't know. I think he's sexy. I know. So Tanya, it's a fucking bestiality, you dirty girl. <laughs> that's a fucking ape. You know why I texted you? Because I, I have the top three reasons why Tanya thinks Sasquatch is hot. Let's hear it. <laughs> Perfect space for it. Number one. All right. She used to date Ernest Borgnine back when he refused to shave all of his body. Oh, man. <laughs> and he was probably only like 98 back then. Yeah. Second reason. She was one, once miniaturized by her dermatology professor, and they spent a week camping in Tom Selleck's mustache. There you go. <laughs> the third reason, <laughs> near the end of that week, in Tom Selleck's wow. mustache, Tom wow. and Raleigh, Robin Williams did a lot of coke oh. at the Popeye rap party. Wow. And she spent wow. another two weeks lost in Robin Williams' chest hair. There you go. Wow. 
That's right. <laughs> they did I a lot of coke to, on Popeye. A lot of that would explain. I love that movie. I just want to emphasize everybody too. Like, look up like this woman Tanya is like kind of a knockout. So her talking about like finding this uh, monkey man attractive was like upsetting. Yeah, I was like, it's just movie off. Feel weird. All right. Uh, so, so then we get to the. They're back on the, the road. The, they get back and they go to a abandoned farmhouse. And they're just like, it's a abandoned farmhouse. Let's get out and look at it. Because apparently Arkansas is full of these. There's and, dialogue to that effect. And the professor is always like, Tim, go knock on the door. We'll wait here. Like twice he does that. <laughs> yeah. What does this true. professor know that we don't? He's like, he, he looks he looks at the people. He's like, clearly these two women will be missed. Tim, <laughs> nah. This guy. Tim is probably like a feral dog, but not Tim, my co-host. No. Tim, the character, shirtless his Tim. actual Call son. Shirtless Tim. Shirt, shirtless Tim is like, that guy definitely lives in an alley adjacent <laughs> to, like that guy is, he's not, nobody loves him. He wasn't bad looking, but yeah. He's, he just, wasn't good looking either. He was, all right. So much the same way shirtless Tim, we see him drawing a hypothetical picture of what the ape man looks like. Yes. If you went to an ape man and said, draw a hypothetical picture of what a person looks like, it would draw like a shirtless Tim. He was like, yeah. he was on the cusp of the uncanny Valley. Like he was almost not human. He was just, if he went missing, they just call the police and the police would be like, well, well it? all his clothes are here. <laughs> he never wears a shirt anyway. There's no identifying characteristics. They'd be like, they'd take him a sketch artist. It's like, yeah, he's got like a nose, I guess. His two eyes. Yeah, I think. No chest did he hair. Have a mouth? He's, hey, he's, hey, Briff, did, did, did shirtless Tim have a mouth? <laughs> did shirtless Tim have a in ear and outie? <laughs> so they go to this house. Shirtless Tim goes up and knocks on the door. And the girls are wondering. I don't know what the girls are doing. But suddenly shirtless Tim is like, it's a mad dog. No, this, and this is, scene was. No, wait, wait. Oh, this. No, this is the farm where he asked permission. And he says. They told us to go ahead and look around. Isn't that the first place I go? So they go to a house where a farmer. Yeah. This is the first recreation we see of an actual encounter with the Boggy Creek monster. Where they're in a barn where a farmer went looking for his cows. He didn't see his cows, but he saw the monster. Yeah, that the cow. He, That's it. Well, he wrote a song called Who Let the Cows Out. And later on. Hoot, 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 hoot. <laughs> Wait, it's moot, moot, moot. Yeah. Oh, later why, on, why the, what hacks? the Baja men ripped it off and they changed the lyrics a little bit. But that's the whole event. It's just he sees – I will say this, Tim, and I think you'll agree with me. Yeah. We have watched like maybe five or six films with the Eddies or Sasquatches in it. This is by far the best costume we've seen. Yeah, yeah. Like we see it silhouetted. It's staying in the doorway. It's like got its head tilted. It's got like an actual face that kind of moves. It's breathing. You can see the mist. It's like we've seen like – I mean the, the low point I think is so far the monster we saw in Shrieks of the Mutilated where it's like – just a dude wearing a shaggy dog costume. Yes. You can see cuffs. This was good costume. It was. Um, and Tim was yeah, standing like, where the, the, the professor's like, well, Tim, I think Sasquatch was standing right where you are, or the creature. And Tim, <laughs> Tim's like, oh, no. And he's like, I don't want to stand where Sasquatch was standing. I don't want to stand where it did <laughs> 20 was... years before. <laughs> yeah, 20 years before. <laughs> yeah. He's mentioned it. It's like, what, do you think it's still around 20 years later? He, just, um, he jumps like there's a spider there. Yeah, he sucks. It's because he and wants. And then there is another wants, scene. He once stood where Eric Trump stood, and he ended up stepping in Eric's dirty diaper. So, <laughs> oh wow! And it's just laying there all this time. Just what is all right? Twenty Tim, years. Side question: Eric Trump has, as he often does, befouled himself. The sheer weight of it has whisked his diaper down on his ankles. Yes. What discernible materials are evident in Eric Trump's scat? What? 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 
Like, 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 oh. is there chunks of peanut, bits <laughs> of masonry, peanut M and M's, human finger That's bone? Pin- just, just peanut. Are they chewed up or swallowed? Whole? He pours milk on them in the morning. That's the only difference. Oh, that explains <laughs> so much about that guy. <laughs> then there is a separate scene where they stop at another farmer house just for whatever. This was like clearly an attempt to add action. Yes. Where they're attacked by a mad dog. Yeah, this no, was no the most unnecessary and frankly not kind of upsetting scene. It was. Yeah, we're like it's a dog that they put like an Alka-Seltzer mouth so it was foaming. It's like trying to attack them. They're in this house. The professor, and, this was hilarious and, to me. And he's a professor, but they're still like mad dog. I don't know what rabies are, but it's a mad dog. And the professor <laughs> like this he's wearing the shortest of short shorts. Like I said, <laughs> you could definitely see side skirt. Yes. Like he's got his little pot belly hanging over his pants. We just—he's got like a little beard. He's just like a little doughy little guy, and he's pulling out this gun. And he's like firing through the floor at the dog underneath. He kills. I know. Oh, it's sad. And they don't like, kill this was it. Not They're a like, scene. Is it dead? And he oh, goes, yeah. "Well, it will be. It'll bleed yeah, out." Yeah. We see a scene of the dog bleeding out on the floor. I'm like, do I need to see this in my Bigfoot movie? <sighs> yeah. It was unnecessary. And, and actually, if I recall correctly, Mystery Science Theater wisely cut that point out. Oh, really? And I, Tim, I want to ask you: Did that like turn you against this movie? Because you, yeah. spoilers, didn't like this movie. Didn't, no, no, no. I kind of enjoyed the weirdness of it. Okay. I never liked... I thought that I, scene, No one likes to see dogs die in movies, so... It's just, no, I'm just like, why would you put that in? Just to add some action. There's no action, yeah. really, in this movie. Not much. No, that's... No. There's a video game no. later, but we'll get to it. Well, that's the next scene. <laughs> oh, okay. So we get... They go back to the camp. Oh, no. First we hear about Otis oh, Tucker. Otis Tucker. Which I feel like is the second most Tim Hamilton y name in here. We'll address the lighter guy who's like like definitely a character Tim made up. <laughs> Otis Tucker is a guy who had a blowout on the road mm-hmm. and was fixing the blowout. Tire. And his while tire. he's fixing it, his tire, yes, I should mention his tire blew out and his pickup. <laughs> and while he's fixing it, the monster comes and kills him. But there's no witnesses. I know. There's no well, No, he got, like, doesn't he go into a coma? What? He gets so yeah, scared. He, he, he never wakes to, up in the coma. I know. He never wakes up. And we he know has a soft, he has a bruise on his head and there's no <laughs> evidence. Of, I'm like, why do you assume? Why yes. is this being? I'll tell you why. Cause here's my theory. Okay. I feel like in an attempt to be as true to the seat, the original as he could, I feel like he was Charles Pierce or is that his name? I just call him professor. Yes. Charles Pierce, the director I'm talking about though, oh, yeah. was trying to actually reenact quote unquote real accounts of this monster. Right. And he had used all the good ones in the first movie. So this one is like, yeah, guy died and yeah, why not? Monster killed him. So yeah, so you're like left like if nobody saw this and nobody he never woke up and spoke again, why do you assume it's a monster? Yeah. It could have been like they should any, have added a, footprint a fucking brain least. embolism. Yeah, nothing. They're just like, Sto- well he wasn't found on the road. Stole's Something happy meal. off. He just had a purple grimace shake spilled on his crotch. <laughs> Then there's the computer scene. This was um, this was great. Yeah, this computer was like radar. He never explains how it works, actually. But nope. Well, they said, "Can I write down the line I recorded?" Sure. They're like, "Will this radar? Will this machine be able?" This is um, the character of Leslie, Tanya? the skeptic. Oh, Leslie. Leslie is like, "Will this machine be able to tell us when the monster's approaching?" And this is a direct quote from the from the professor. Depends on how sensitive we set these sensors. 
I know. <laughs> That's not a word. <laughs> so basically, he's able to like, he's, this is like, picture like a ColecoVision computer from like 1984. Like this is, this thing has like, this is more like 15 Pong. RAM. Yeah, this, this wouldn't even play Pong. <laughs> and it's got like a series of concentric circles on the screen. And he's able to very quickly set this thing to like determine how many pounds a thing weighs. He's like, so... He's like, Tanya weighs 110 pounds. I was like, ooh. And my sunken chested bear skin <laughs> son, he probably weighs like 60 pounds. Unless you put a shirt Let's on set him. anything over 300 pounds. <laughs> well, like he's able to track anything coming towards them. So they're tracking first Tanya, Tanya. I hate saying it that way. Leslie. Tanya and t- shirtless Tim. <laughs> but then they set it for between 350 and 400. Like there's something else out I there. Know. It's chasing them. It's like Alien. It's like that scene in Aliens. Alien. Yeah. This pre. Oh, this aliens. is after Alien. Oh, Aliens. Yeah, aliens. Yeah, the sequel. This is before it's Aliens. Like oh. It is. Oh, shit. Do you think James Cameron was watching this? Is like, yes. It's a good fucking idea. <laughs> he you made know what else fat. is a good idea? He took the. A movie about blue people. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So we have so, the close call with the sensitors. They run. Well, they run back. Yeah. And Tanya's yeah, like, run back. where's my makeup? Tanya's always like, did you take my makeup? No, not Tanya. Leslie. Leslie, like, sorry. Tanya Leslie is a cool zombies. chick. Tanya's groovy. Yes. She's all like into this. She's the star pupil, we're told. And none of them but, smoke pot either. They're all like, no. what's there to do out here? Where's my makeup? Holy shit. Tim, that's just, did you catch the scene? So Leslie is there as the friend of Tanya. Okay. Oh, I hate saying Tanya. <laughs> T- um, Tanya. Tanya. Do you catch a scene where they're at camp early on where we just look in the window and we see Tanya getting dressed? We see her pulling oh, up her pants. The professor's looking at her. And that. the professor's staring at her and then he like sniffs his arm. <laughs> what was that about? I don't know. Like, what is that? I was very disturbed by that. <laughs> and I just want sidebar to say to everybody, I feel like this was a kind of horny movie. Yeah, even though there's no nudity. There's no nudity, but like there is. A lot of butts like, with the cutoff jeans. A lot of cutoff jeans. Like he definitely, like he chose, especially for an '80s film. He found two atypically attractive actresses for that time period, and mm-hmm. has a lot of lingering shots of them. And then there's the weird scene at the beach on the lake or the river later. Where there's a lot of bathing suit shots. And the Couple professor also fucking, checks out the teenage girls sitting on the beach. Yeah, he does. <laughs> fucking dirty old man. Very. And then there's all the weird stuff with his son being all shirtless and yeah, uh, just. Anyway. No secondary sex characteristics at all in that guy. Just like we're never gonna get through this. No, we're not. Uh, so the, the the lights go out just as the Bigfoot is getting close, and they get, uh-huh. and they're like, "Oh my god, we need we need gas for a generator." It just happened to go out just now. <laughs> that's a separate scene. Was Tim. later that night. No, isn't yeah. that the same time? They all run back. No, because the first part was at the daytime, and there's the joke where they're like. Did Tim not make it back? Shirtless Tim. And then they open the door and he's there going, boo. Because oh, he had no idea what was going on. Right, right, right. Then it's that night and it happens again. Gotcha. And yeah, they, these fucking boneheads didn't <laughs> fill up the gas in their generator. So there's a, a scene fraught with peril where the women are cowering inside because of course they are. Yeah, stay inside. And shirtless Tim and the professor outside pouring gasoline <laughs> Everywhere. all over the place. <laughs> Just not, not going in. <laughs> of the generator, they didn't fill because they're bad at everything. <laughs> but that's our first glimpse we see of them getting a glimpse of the monster. Yep. He's terrified. Like I said, pretty good costume. Yep. Yeah. We just he yeah. makes faces. But Tim, my notes. You're not going to like this, but I wrote it down anyway. He makes a face that is like what I imagine your face was when your dog pooped that ice cream cone. <laughs> you're right. It's so incredulous. Exactly. He's like he shakes his head. Goes, Whoa! Whoa! He shoots the monster with the tranquilizer. Dart. The monster just pulls it out. It's done. Because he's supernatural. 
Yeah, because he's yeah, got I don't the know. power. <sighs> All right, let's cut, let's brief, cut through this quickly. George. Okay, it's All pronounced right. Tanya. Tanya, I hate it. I'm gonna say Tanya, but I'm gonna say Tanya too because I already trained myself. <laughs> So then we get a side story because they're all very stressed after this encounter. Well, this is my favorite There's, side story. He's I like, knew you'd love this one. We got a long trip, and you guys still got no pot to smoke. Oh, he doesn't talk like that. But he kind of does. But they're like, we're bored. Are we there yet? And I'm like, you guys are what, 19, 20? Who knows how we'll do Aren't you drinking a beer, smoking some pot? So this guy, this is another recreation. His yes. name is Oscar Call Potter. Call Potter. And it's pronounced Call Potter. He starts off. He walks in and he's like, just picture the most <laughs> stereotypical redneck you could find. And he's like, no, actually, most stereotypical rednecks he's, at the end of this He's movie. coming up, yeah. He's second most stereotypical redneck. And he's like, honey, where's the Sears Roebuck catalog? No, he's like, she's like, honey, I need it quick. Honey, I need my Sears catalog. <laughs> I she's like, take- why are you making a big mess of the house? He's like, better than me making a mess of my pants. She's like, I get-. and he, all right, let me just talk about his wife is this woman who has like bits of toilet paper in her hair. She was dirty. But she was watching TV, wasn't she? They have an outhouse, yeah, which, yet she's watching none TV. None of this, I have some problems with this whole setup. <laughs> so he grabs the Sears Roebuck catalog because this is like, what, 1800? No, yes. she's watching TV with rollers in her hair. <laughs> Oscar Cole Potter runs out to this outhouse we literally hear farting noises, which I was shocked. <laughs> and he's looking at pictures of ladies in their underwear and their bras. Because <laughs> it's 1985 or four. Yep. He's like, last time I saw the, naked ladies, I had to pay yeah. $2 to see Porky's. <laughs> <laughs> and the monster's hand comes in and he gets all scared <laughs> and he hides from the monster by dropping into the outhouse. <laughs> Stepping in it. Stepping in it, yeah. So he's in the, he's sitting in shit. Yep. And he's screaming, and his wife with the toilet paper hair comes right down. She's like, Oscar, Oscar. And she runs out, and the monster's gone. He's yelling, these damn cows won't leave me alone because he thinks this is cows for part of it. Because the cows got let out. <laughs> yeah. Who let these so, cows out? <laughs> who let the cows out? Moot, 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 moot. So then we are treated to a scene of Oscar Call Potter sitting there while his wife hoses him down. <laughs> like- because he's covered with shit from the waist with, down. With his pants still on. I would take those pants Pant- off. Yeah. Actually, why? Well, he's in the woods. Well, and the best part is they cut back to the professor telling the story. <laughs> and and he all- drops the bit. <laughs> he's a retired attorney. Who? I'm like, this oh, guy oh, was yeah. Oscar Colpotter. This guy's a This guy, <laughs> the most trashy of trash people, was like an attorney who shit in an outhouse with the Sears <laughs> Roebuck catalog as toilet paper? I know. What the fuck sort of cases did he Oh, I'll see? tell you what cases. He's going to take those yeah, pants see. off. He's going to send them back to Jordash jeans. He's going to say. Oh, man, these are not Jordash. <laughs> these jeans. He sent me these jeans. They got, mar- they, they got manure. All through them. I demand <laughs> a free refund and five more pair. And they'll you can't help them. but notice all the manure is spotlighted in the spot where it actually have come out of your body. <laughs> I'm not on trial here. <laughs> that, that so was... yeah, retired attorney who shits in a fucking outhouse. Like this, this is what we're dealing with here, folks. I'm not, uh, I'm not an attorney. You, you almost did a um, Mr. Furley. You almost did a Mr. Furley there. I'm not well, on trial even... here. I don't know. Oh, I can't I do know. it. I can't do it. I don't have a good memory Don of that Don Knotts. Show. You were doing Don Knotts. Don Knotts. Oh, he was a Mr. Furley. Wasn't Mr. Furley the first guy? No. Second guy. Wasn't he Mr. Knotts? <laughs> he was Mr. Knotts. Mr. Knotts. Yeah, he just played himself. He was confused. He had like problems at that point. 
So then we finally meet the deputy who was the deputy of the sheriff who called. And the deputy tells a story where he was basically, he was fishing. Wait a minute. He caught back can, to his home. Back yeah. Yeah. They walk into a diner and on the diner's uh-huh. front table is the biggest watermelon. And I just wonder if you noticed that. Oh, I missed that, that part. I just no, like, I just a watermelon, the giant watermelon. Just sitting there. And they, was it being served or was it no, like, were they? They didn't comment on it. I don't, I just wondered why it was there. Do you think it was a customer? <laughs> it might've been a grimace egg. I don't know. Maybe it's, no. All right. So when a grimace is laid, is it all? Are there thirteen that come from one egg, or is there thirteen eggs laid around? They have to find each other and battle. No, they're all together, so they eat. Okay. Because once once grimace ate all those his siblings, he the next stage of uh, development. Well, he shits them out as hamburger patties. No, no. His next stage is he eats himself into a dead pig as and he ferments. He gestates. (laughs) For another week, okay. and when he, uh-huh. when the, when this grimace that we know from McDonald's, when he burrowed into that pig, he said, "I thought they smelled bad smell on bad. the outside." <laughs> gotcha, God, show's over, gotcha. everybody. Gotcha, George. All right, back to the sh- <laughs> back to the Boggy Creek too. Um, <laughs> they meet with the deputy who worked for the sheriff. He tells him a story about he went fishing. His deputy he skid, brought the by fish the way, back. Right? I wrote Deputy Williams, but his first name might have been Skid. <laughs> Okay. Skid Williams, let's say Skid. Deputy Skid Williams. Deputy Skid. Um, he brings this fish to his <laughs> side yard. His wife's like, "Don't bring that stinky fish in here!" And he gets attacked by a little tiny. Mm-hmm. This is key, everybody. A little tiny Bigfoot. Same, you know who played and him? It attacks him. The guy who uh, played I, the flying Ewok. The guy who played it in Adam's no. family. No, <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, that- it was George. Right. I'm messing up. So, flying, you're you're believing me, and I'm like, yeah, you, yes, and Tim. So he throws this little monkey boy off him, and then the monkey boy grabs his fish and walks with a big monkey boy. Yep. And he's like, it's a little one, huh? And that's everyone. That's important for the plot, for your plot, and this yep. plot, all the plots. Yeah. Uh, and he mentions you should talk to. This is the character who is the most. Tim Hamilton named character that's ever appeared in the show and ever will. What the last? Tim, you want to say his name? The last character. Well, the sheriff tells him to go see this last. Oh guy. yeah. Oh, well, just and what guy's name is? Crenshaw. Old man Crenshaw. Old man Crenshaw. Who I'm pretty sure you've actually said that exact name before. Yes. Like that's definitely where the character come up with. This isn't so, super important, but when you said yeah? the girls get no breaks, we skip some stuff. The girls try to escape oh, in their jeep. I was getting up to that part because they they go out the next day. Uh, they yeah. serve a dinner of um, I don't know what it bologna is. sandwiches of pork and beans. <laughs> and everybody's the guy's like, like, damn it. Oh, one of my favorites. Oh, <laughs> the, the boys go off and do something, and the girls are left at home, and they, they get the shirtless, utterly Shirtless Tim degraded. was like, that's my favorite meal? Is that what he said? No, the pref says that. He goes, my favorite meal. I'm like, oh, pref, you dirty fucking pig. <laughs> bologna sandwiches of pork and beans. Shirtless Tim was like, I, I ate my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was I not supposed to eat my shirt? <laughs> if I get confused. So. They go off and they're looking for blood samples or something. And they leave the two girls alone. And the one girl, Leslie, who's like the skeptic, she's like, I want to go into town Let's make- and eat real food that's not bologna sandwiches and talk to boys. I want to buy some makeup. And she, Yeah, and blush. She wants to buy blush. <laughs> and they convince she convinces Tanya to go with her. They take a Jeep. And because they're just lowly women, they get stuck in the mud. Yep, lost. They become instantly wet yep. and they are wet for the rest of the scene i don't know why they are so damp except for it's clearly because it's, it's it's sexy so they have like running eye makeup and they're damp and their clothes is clinging to them 
and they get keep falling in mud and the monkey man comes after them maybe and they come back and it's just stupid and pointless it's like 15 minutes of this but if you like if your particular fetish like charles b fierce <laughs> is wet muddy women yes. being hapless this does it for you they should have taken a note a note from tim and taken their shirt off just to be cool i you know i am kind of shocked that there's not yeah so shocked I wouldn't even think there would be a full-on topless scene. I'm so, I mean, we get kind of the scene of Leslie pulling her pants up from behind. Mm-hmm. We see her panties. I'm truly surprised there's not a scene of like uh, Tanya like pulling her shirt on from behind. Well, you said how he like got maybe, people to be in his movies, so they were probably like, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm not taking my shirt off. She had a few acting things. It seems like it may be a couple of real movies. Yeah. So she was probably like, nah, fuck you. I'm not taking my shirt off your Monkey Man movie. Yeah. Did you do extensive um, research? Did you what's her name? Did you type her name in plus naked? I, I wrote in all the characters. You, you texted me that you typed her name yeah. in plus naked on Google. I wrote in, yeah, her name is Serene Hedden. I wrote <laughs> Serene Hedden nude. Then I wrote in Cindy Butler nude. Then I wrote in Chuck Pierce Jr. nude. <laughs> and then finally, Charles B. Pierce nude. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you. Folks. The hard thing to find is Tim. You type in Tim with shirt on. Can't, can't find you any could pictures. Have, yeah, I want, man, actually, if you type that guy in, there's a funny picture that comes up as the first picture of him, like this toothless old vagrant that I'm pretty sure is not him, oh. but like Google has believed it's him. That's sad. Uh, cut to the short. There's a scene where they go, they have to get a boat to go see yep. Old Man Crenshaw. It's a whole They adventure. do a whole Jaws spoof song. Yeah. Which, um, That's where they go like the to the so-called the beach. Mask. Rivers don't have beaches, Another people. Beach. Rivers don't have beaches. You're going to the river to swim. You're not going to but a there was beach. sand. <laughs> Somebody brought sand. Yeah, there are teenage uh, there's girls. There's a lot of lingering the, shots. The professor's of like, ooh, teenage... check out the teenage girls. Yeah. Ooh, look. So you get to see like the height of skimpy 80s swimwear mm-hmm. in Arkansas. <laughs> they get a boat from this guy. Saw an ankle. They go down the boat and we meet old man Crenshaw, who is the most stereotypical hillbilly you've ever seen in a movie. He's just wearing overalls. They're attached on one side. Yes. He's hanging open to his belly. He's got like a weird <laughs> almost... rag tied around his head. He's shirtless Tim in the future. He's got no shirt. <laughs> well, Tim, <laughs> and, there is the weird scene. And he wears yeah? he wears what looks like a worn out elastic band from underwear around his head. Right? Oh, around his head. <laughs> well, because there's a lot of 80s fashions going. The part that I thought was really funny, they're like they're waiting at his house, and like, and the one girl, Leslie, is like, that goat might be mad. And they just show a goat going, Rah. I know. I was just but gonna say plus it's like mad goat. The mad goat. <laughs> When old man Crenshaw walks up, he's on his shirt. This is one of the few scenes where shirtless Tim has his shirt on. Yes, he takes his shirt off. Yeah. And he kind of, and he's, I cannot stress enough what an unimposing physical <laughs> specimen this guy is. I had more muscular definition at like 10 and more body hair. Yes. Like he's just, he's such a weird little asexual prepubescent. It's like, put your shirt back on. So their, <sighs> their conversation is, uh, Hard to recap because he's like, you come down the river to study a man. If you're going to study me, you better be prepared to stay a few weeks. I'm like, I don't know what's, yeah, what's that mean. And there's a big rainstorm coming, but they can't go back in the water because lightning hits the water. Well, he's always running and off. He, he goes, oh, I better tend to my fires. Yeah, old man Crenshaw's got to tend to his fires. <laughs> he's always tending to fires. the professor's like, have you noticed how long those fires have been burning? <laughs> there's ash everywhere. He's been burning for weeks. And, and old man Crenshaw is throwing gasoline on these big piles of sticks, which are clearly not lit, and just keeps staring at the wood line. Like, you're like, oh. He's... Yes, we can figure it out for ourselves. Yeah. And also, yeah. important point. Uh-huh. When Crenshaw's talking to them, he he, hand, he offers all of them some, some jaw tobacco. 
And Tanya yeah. takes some. Like, yep, I can take Tanya. it. Tanya. Tanya. Tanya takes it. Tanya takes it. Vomits. And he's he's no, but first she's chewing it, and he's like, she's she's wife material. No, he, he keeps saying that's that's a good quality oh, woman. He says something creepy a couple times. Man, yeah. I wrote it down. Oh, you did good. <laughs> what did he say? He said, "Lord have mercy, she's a lady I would marry." That's what he says. Does he really say that? Yeah. God, Maybe you come on down the river and live in my shack. I could, I, every God, Friday he, night, I put on a play about, about Samuel Clemens. And you know what? His, oh, no. <laughs> some people know him as Mark Twain. Wait, and what does Mark Twain mean, Samuel Clemens? Well, Mark Twain is a, is a, it's a measurement of how far I run. To, 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 oh, Lord, I got to check on my fires. That was terrible. <laughs> I got to tend to the fires. Tim, I gotta say, Old Man Crenshaw's impersonation of Samuel Clemens sounds awfully suspicious to yours. <laughs> well, great, well, great. Oh, also, we didn't mention he walks up carrying moonshine too. Oh yeah, like this guy might as well be playing a jug and a gun. Um, and he has a gun, which he does turn to the professor briefly. Uh, so basically, here this is cut to the short. He's like, "You're a doctor," and the doctor and the professor's like, "Not that sort of doctor. I'm a doctor of anthropology who believes in Bigfoot." But you play so doctor. Maybe you can patch people up. Can you play doctor? Can you play doctor? I got a prostate that needs milking. <laughs> that doesn't happen, everybody. What does happen, the reason he's writing these fires, is old man Crenshaw in a bear trap has caught the baby monster. Yep. So we see the monster clearly. It's nearly dying because he's been watching it. He lights the fires every night to keep the mama or dad, I would never really sure, monster away. Yes. And he wants to save him. There's a whole big tent shut showdown. Oh, because he wants to make money. He's telling gun. the professor. He wants to make money. Make some money. And the professor's like, we got it. And the monster's breaking the house. And, uh, and Leslie's screaming. And Tanya and shirtless Tim are there with them. And then the professor picks up the wounded baby. And he's like, I know you can't understand me, big fook monster. But, he, but here's your baby. Please don't kill us all. He bursts the door open, the, I should say, just like in uh, The Shining. And he's just standing there in the broken door. <laughs> He does. And then he takes an axe and he kills Scatman Crothers. It's really weird. Um, and the monster carries off the, the baby. baby. And then oh. the next morning. Well, well, Crenshaw wants to shoot him. And, and uh, our hero is the professor. He's like, you put that gun yep. down. You're not shooting that Sasquatch. Yep. The hero is like, he's the only good person. You know, he, yes. He's always right. But then the next morning, they're all leaving. And old man Crenshaw has learned his lesson. I wrote this down. Well, boy, he's addressing the professor. You were right about one thing. And the professor goes, how's that? And then the old man Crenshaw speaks again. And that thing, speaking of the monster, ought to be left alone to remain free and live in the wild. And he says, and he adds, and Tim, never put your shirt on. Tim, he puts his fist in the air. A, hair, a hairless, <laughs> sunken chest like yours needs to be shared with the world. That is the Let end. them nips fly free. And then he tweaks his nipples and goes, woohoo, and runs in circles. Let's, we got to get to revenge because it's an hour. Wherever you are, wherever you're hiding, I'll find you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Revenge. I'll get you. Revenge. Revenge. One of us will die. One of us will die. I will die. not, share, I will one not let Sunny take oh, my one place. Will I will have... My revenge. We ad-libbed the uh, wild card question. Yeah. And it was, who from this movie is most likely to be a superhero? I'm going to throw out... Uh, I'm going to throw out... Uh, 
I know who it's got to be. It's got to be Crenshaw. Shirtless Tim. Oh, Shirtless Tim. <laughs> shirtless Tim, man. He's Shirtless Man. Really? But what power would he have? Well, he takes inspiration. Most superheroes famously created, especially at that time period, they wore their underwear on the outside. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'll do you one better. I won't even wear underwear. I'm going to be completely bare chested. True. And I know how he got yeah. his superpowers. He was in the lab at, in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. It was just a uh-huh. radiation experiment. And he was standing. He was bitten by a radioactive professor? No, he was standing near the radiation uh, isotopes. Is that why all his chest hair fell out? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, <laughs> but he was standing near it. And professor said, you know, one night I, there was a ghost in here. It was right where you're standing. And he goes, whoa, I don't want to stand where a ghost was standing. And he jumps into the radioactive isotopes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he becomes uh, shirtless Tim. Shirtless Tim man. That's no good. Come on. Help me out. Shirtless, shirtless man. Oh, he becomes Captain Underpants. And, <gasps> and then uh, later on. Someone else rips off that idea for a children's book. Dave Pil- well, his son, Dave Pilkey. Yes. <laughs> A.K.A. the creative Captain Underpants and Dogman creates a story about his grand old pa. Shirtless Tim was the inspiration well, for Captain Underpants. Yep. But Shirtless Tim called himself Captain... <sighs> this movie, they probably call it Captain Underbridges. Captain, Captain Cutoffs. Ca- oh, I don't know. So many short cutoffs, yeah. All right. That was great. All right. We're doing great. Good movie. Yeah, we were great. Wake up, George. I'm, I'm late. Was that good? That was good. That was terrible. Who's going to read there? So now we uh, have our revenge story. I got no idea. You know, what? I was spending all day like thinking, like, who am I going to do the revenge story about? All right, then I'll be blind. Is that what all you're right, telling tell me? Yours. You're yeah, just going to steal ideas from me? Yep. All right. Cue the music. Right. Ooh. Later that year. Our movie opens with Leslie and Tanya. They move to the big city, New York City. They become roommates. Oh, New York City. Yeah. That is a big they city. They want to get out of Arkansas. Because yeah, they obviously didn't like camping. And they didn't mm-hmm. know how to dress to camp. When they went camping, they were wearing like nice clothes, no boots, no nothing. And Leslie had no makeup. Uh, so Tanya, she wears cutoffs. And she dates hairy, smelly guys in Williamsburg because, you know, she's into that. Leslie. <laughs> yeah, we, she thinks they're sexy. Yes. Leslie can never find makeup she needs and she's always upset that Tanya has one of those scary creatures called a cat as a pet it always like pops up behind her and she goes ah mad cat and she thinks it's got rabies there's a lot of mad animals in this movie (laughs) mad cats mad dogs what Tanya didn't know was that by accepting Crenshaw's mouth tobacco she had agreed to be his bride by his rules (laughs) oh no poor Tanya (laughs) if you accept Crenshaw's uh mouth tobacco you can't just run off like that it's very embarrassing for Crenshaw and and his people his people were out in the woods we didn't meet them but oh there were other people yeah. was it just the goat <laughs> yeah. so soon after soon after the gang left Boggy Creek Crenshaw gathered his mouth mouth tobacco and his shotgun shells and he set off down the river to get to New York City but of course the river doesn't go to New York City so he took a bus and a car and a train and he got a ride from a guy named Dell who sells shower curtains and, uh, you know, but Dell set his car on fire and Crenshaw had to tend to the fire for a spell before he moved on. <laughs> What's that? That's a reference to something else, right? No, nothing. No? Dell, no. the guy who sells uh, shower curtains. Oh, yes. <laughs> so he has a rough time. Thank you, Zomobiles, everybody. <laughs> he has a rough time in the city. He's there for a few weeks. But one day, while taking a bath in the local Starbucks bathroom, he by chance hears the sound of that complaining, complaining voice of Leslie. 
friend of Tanya the Deceiver. Leslie's complaining that they spelled her name wrong on <laughs> her cappuccino. Oh no. Wow, they spelled her name in the cappuccino. Oh, on the cup. I thought in the phone. Yeah. And he follows her home. He, she doesn't recognize him because he's wearing the skin of a grimace that he killed in Times Square. A grimace. <laughs> so he gets to the building, but it's an elevator and they live on the eighth floor and Crenshaw has never seen an elevator before. But as luck would have it, there's a kid on the seventh floor and they were having a McDonald's-themed birthday party. And the partygoers are like, come on, come on, you're late. Because they think he's Grimace. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he gets on the elevator. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So Crenshaw gets to the seventh floor. And Tani mm -hmm. lives upstairs on the eighth floor. So Right above the McDonald's, huh? No, McDonald's party. Is that not oh, I assumed a McDonald's party. I wrongly assumed it was at a McDonald's. No, it's a McDonald's-themed birthday party. And he, they think he's one of the... That party's trash. Actors. So he can All smell right. Tanya upstairs. And it's an old building. So he climbs up the tiny, you know, uh, laundry shaft, mm -hmm. shedding his grimace skin, which permanently scars the little kid who witnesses this. <laughs> he sneaks into Tanya's and Leslie's apartment and sees what her talking to her baby. He's never seen a human baby before. This baby is a cat, is a cat, the cat named Janie Pants. Janie Pants? Yes. Yeah. Like Eric Trump, Crenshaw has no idea what a human baby looks like. And thus, as is Crenshaw's custom, he stole her baby as revenge while she was napping, and he made his way back to Boggy Creek. He stowed away on a plane that had snakes on it, but he made it back okay. And to this day, if you visit him to study humans, you will find him tending to his fires in fear that Tanya's come to get her baby, Janie Pants, her cat. And back in the city, Tanya always suspected that Leslie got rid of her cat. Don't you understand what's happening? Back in the kind city, of. Tanya... Her cat's gone, and she always suspected yeah. that Leslie got rid of it. And she assumes it's Leslie. Because she was yeah. afraid of it and thought it was mad. So th oh, this makes sense. suspicion okay. destroyed their friendship, uh -huh. so Crenshaw oh. unwittingly got revenge on her. And this movie is called Whatever uh. Happened to Baby Janie Pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> there you go. I knew there's a reason it was called Baby Janie Pants. <laughs> that sucks. You no, know, but at Did home, that make sense? our erstwhile co-host, John Kelly... Just clapped his hands delightedly at that. That was such a John joke. <laughs> it was. We miss you, John. We miss you. All right. Did that, it did make sense, Tim. Okay. It was a, that was a surprise. Considering that there was only four main characters in the movie, more or less, and you only were dealing with three, yeah. there was a lot of twists and turns in that story. <laughs> okay. All Should right. I cue your music? <laughs> cue it up. Okay. My story does not begin as a story of revenge. It begins as a story of unrequited love. And so often in our society, when somebody is enamored of another person who does not notice them or appreciate them that way, because of various shortcomings of that person in the first place, it will turn to revenge. And that's what this is sadly a story of. And because there's only like five people in this movie... You're stealing my idea. I'm still no, I'm not saying Tim is a idiot, but it is a similar character. It's shirtless Tim. Uh huh. So we remarked in our synopsis of the movie that shirtless Tim never there was like oddly no sexual chemistry with him in any of the characters, despite him constantly being shirtless, constantly stripping down, mm -hmm. and he didn't even seem to have any scenes where he directly addressed the women. But he turns out he was deeply in love with Tanya. Yeah, I could tell. He kept trying to take his shirt off. He kept drawing her pictures of guys she thought was sexy, <laughs> a.k.a. monkey men. He kept trying to impress her, but she just would not look at him straight. And he 
Shirtless Tim being Shirtless Tim, he gradually put together. He's like, the only guy, aside from the professor I saw her interact with, was Old Man Crenshaw. Oh, yeah. And Old Man Crenshaw was also shirtless, but Old Man Crenshaw had something I didn't. Mm-hmm. Copious body hair. Right. <laughs> then he thought back to the drawing of the ape man he had done, who was even hairier. And Tanya looked at that and was like, I think he's sexy. Mm-hmm. So he realized what he needed to do was he needed to do something to cure his complete baldness of his chestal region. Uh-oh. And he figured what he'll start with is he would go and ask advice to Old Man Crenshaw. So he shows up. This is about a year later. Uh-oh. He shows up at Old Man Crenshaw's property. Old Man Crenshaw has learned the no more fires. Still sitting there with his jug of moonshine and his shotgun. They have a talk, and he's like, I got to tend- she was a good woman. Wait, what? Did he say, I got to tend to my dream catchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got to get all them bad dreams out of here. He's like, this one's me in pig school, where I can't show up to school naked. Got to get rid of that dream. Weird, pig- weird side jokes, everybody. Okay, pig school. But, yeah, pig school. I don't know. I figure that guy didn't go to high school. Um, <laughs> I'm making very snap judgments on Old Man Crenshaw. But uh, everyone... Look up Old Man Crenshaw. You know him, right? <laughs> so he's like, Old Man Crenshaw, this is Shirtless Tim talking, how do I become as hairy as you? Because you also appreciate the beauty that was Tanya. He's like, I done heard of a way, but I ain't the man to show you how to get more hair put on your chest. There's a man named Oscar Colpotter. Hmm. And so the name is familiar. Yes. To shirtless Tim. And of course, Oscar Colpotter is the retired attorney. Oh, it's right. Who had the unfortunate... Yeah. So Tim takes his advice from the hirsute old man Crenshaw, and he finds Oscar Colpotter. Sure enough, they have a meeting, and Oscar Colpotter tells him, goes, I used to be like you. I was completely hairless from the waist down to one day, I fell in that there turlet. And he, jack- he beckons <laughs> to the outhouse in the backyard. goes, son... You want to have hairiness like me? And he drops his jaws, and this guy looks like a fucking satyr. He's so hairy from the waist down. Mm-hmm. You got to go immerse yourself. What in that dumping station? So Tim Jr., anxious to prove, to get the approval of Tanya, oh, no. he goes and he spends the best part of the week sunk up to his neck in the cast off fecal matter of the call potters in their outhouse. Hey. Yeah. This- Okay, this better have a good twist. Just it doesn't. It's grossing me. Nah, because he just sits there. It's just it's awful. Because you know what? The coal potters they ain't got other. They went indoor plumbing. Yeah. They, it was chilly week oh, at the local fair. Sure. So they just keep. They come in. They're, just, they're dispensing <laughs> their sinful business on top of shirtless Tim, and the whole time as he's being splattered and bemucked, he's like, "It'll all be worth it." When Tanya is mine. A week passes. He clambers out of the chamber. He's not covered with hair. Mm-hmm. He's caked in human fecal matter. Okay. And he's so excited to prove, but he can't tell because he's caked. You know, he yeah. can't see that he's not hairy. Okay. He's so excited. He shows up at the big city uh, housing of Tanya. The big city is, I don't know, Dill Pickle, Texarkana. How about- Population six. Why, why not New York? Because that's too big a city. How's he gonna get there without the fecal matter coming off? He goes to he goes to he shows he goes to Woodstock too. Like hey, 
<laughs> he, you know, if Woodstock 2, if this was happening in time, he would have been set. He was like, hey, everybody, I have a good idea. Let's roll around the dirty poop mud. It's like, what a great idea, Shirtless Tim. Just the new- Shirtless Tim, now called Shit Encrusted Tim, oh shows up at her house, rings the doorbell, and she immediately slams the door in his face. She's like, you're a weirdo creep. I never want to see you again. And Tanya goes, And his revenge. Mad. mad. I don't know. What do you say? Wait, what did she say? Tanya. What did Tanya say? She say mad something. I couldn't think of what it would be. That's Leslie with some bad thing. Mad, she was, mad mud man. Leslie answers the door. You're right. And she's like, mad shit boys. <laughs> and Tanya comes to her. She's like, that ain't no shit boy. Just shirtless Tim. And then she smells him. She goes, he is a shit boy. Slams the door. And his revenge. You ready for this? Uh, it better be good. <laughs> oh, he's, he just. Yep. He uses his shit encrusted figures to write dookie on her door. Yep. That's, your j- That's his revenge. That's your joke. Okay, the name of the movie. Yep. Redeem yourself. <laughs> You've used up all your your poop uh, 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 equity. Yeah, my poop equity is run dry. It's called Boggy, Ke- Boggy <laughs> no. Creek 3, The Outhouse <laughs> Jeez. What do you think? The bog is what you call the, the toilet in... I know. I was trying to think England. the whole time if there was like a joke. But I'm like, eh, are people, you know, do we have listeners in England? You should have had shirtless Tim go to England to to meet ladies. And he's always talking about, I'm famous for Boggy Creek. And they're like, why are you always talking about the toilet? Because I'm talking about Boggy Creek. Because I know. Why are you talking about the toilet? Because I'm not talking about the toilet. I'm talking about Hey, hey, Tim, Boggy whose Creek. revenge sequel is this? Yours or mine? <laughs> talking about By the Boggy way, Creek. Tim... Did you see that this was, even though this was Boggy Creek 2, there was a an actual Boggy Creek sequel before this? Yeah, I read that. Return to Boggy Creek, starring Don Wells, a.k.a. Mary Ann Ooh. from Gilligan's Island. She's part of the study. And Dana Plato, a.k.a. <sighs> the girl from Different Strokes. We may have to find that one. I'll pay $2. I know. Their character names, too, to give you the sense of the movie. All right. Uh, Don Wells' character's name was Jolene, and Dana Plato's was Evie Joe. Okay, <laughs> I mean, no come Tanya. on. No, 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 Tanya. Tanya. <laughs> oh, those flat A's. Killing me. So Tanya Yizzy. What the hell sort of name is that? Shirtless Tim comes back from England. And I'm like, oh, how are those English ladies? <laughs> He's like, I can't speak. They got all... I can't speak that English language. They think I'm talking about the toilet. The toilet. <laughs> and I'm trying to they tell them about saying... Boggy Creek. They keep telling me to go back to the loo. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. The loo, yeah. The... My name ain't Lou, it's shirtless Tim. <laughs> Dumb English. <laughs> well, there goes all our Southern listeners, <laughs> all of our English listeners, and everyone who doesn't like poop jokes. So like, we basically like, have one listener. <laughs> Hi, cousin Matt. <laughs> They're like, he wants, hey, shirtless Tim, you want some crumpets? He's like, I don't play no musical instruments. <laughs> man we're a good podcast we are tim do we have any letters you better not have written because it's it's i it's don't way know too long well we cut out the first parts <laughs> hey george we have a letter from who's it from john tim? kelly john kelly yes our erstwhile co-host let's hear what john kelly has to say Whew. long episode well i'm glad you wrote john yep yeah. Says hello, Seti. Bimpkanots. Did you did you mm. steal his identity? 
don't know. That does sound like something I would have written. All right. So sorry I missed being part of the Five Minutes to Love episode of Seti Bimco Part 2 The Revenge, as it was the film I picked. More about your reaction to the film in a bit. Tim, when mentioning the mystery co-hosts for the next episode, you mentioned having T-shirts printed with the date of the taping ending with the year 2013. I'm not sure if you're aware, but the year is 2023. (laughs) I did notice this. (laughs) Maybe you still think it's 2013. That explains a lot. (laughs) Perhaps you've been in a state of semi-suspended consciousness the last decade. That would explain (laughs) a lot. The the final piece of the puzzle, as they say. You know what? I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Uh, I noticed you actually make a mention on that episode. You referred to 2003. I'm like, oh, Tim doesn't know what decade it is. That's good. All right. He continues. Also, I think Brooklyn transplanted transplanted former supermodel Alex Week may be a functioning alcoholic. Oh, no. Hear me out. (laughs) Hear me. She is always in this bar Uh whenever you go there. Yep, and sometimes she's friendly, and sometimes she doesn't recognize you. I think yep, it's time for an intervention, and I can think of no two people with more empathy who would handle this more delicately. Delicately, I think you could lure her to the intervention by telling her there's a free banana giveaway. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then pounce on her and get her to rehab. Pounce. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, also, George misspoke about Lionel Barrymore, a.k.a. Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, I, I tried to tell him. He was not Drew Barrymore's great-grandfather. He was her 18th nope. cousin, 13 times removed. That sounds like a lie. <laughs> I I was disappointed in your review of Five Minutes to Love. I'm sorry your reception was not warmer. Five Minutes to Love is my second favorite movie after The Godfather. Because, of course, <laughs> when you think Marlon Brando, Vito Corleone, you automatically think Rue McClanahan's Pucci. I just wanted to say how much I'll miss being a part of the Seti Bimco family and to all the Wait, Danny what? K fan club members, the disciples of the cult of Pat Boone and the Osmond heads out there. A new opportunity has unexpectedly come my way. Oh, he's telling us live on the air. Is this how he breaks it to us? He's no longer part of the show. I'm excited to announce I will be working on the presidential campaign of Republican North Dakota governor, Doug Burgum. I'll make sure I say that right. Doug is a proud Norwegian, American, and former chimney sweep. And who better to lead this country than a Norwegian chimney sweep? We hope to get America back on the right track, like when Jake from State Farm was white. (laughs) I will continue to be a devoted fan. All the best, John Aloysius Kelly. John might come back someday, but John's got a different job, and he's he's, uh, otherwise detained for a little while. We miss you, John. We do. And you can send us a letter at Sadie Bimco with an E at the end at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Sadie Bimco on Instagram and Mastodon, not on Facebook, not on Twitter. And you can like us and listen to us anywhere. Give us five stars, as some people have. So I have some bad news, faithful listeners. Uh, Next week, I'm not going to be here. I'm not here. So instead, we'll have a guest host. Will it be Kiri Cabinface? Maybe we'll have Mr. Cobasto. <laughs> Maybe he'll pick one of his favorite movies. Maybe there'll be female guests. Wait, what? Maybe guests will be Samuel Clemens. Oh. 
Oh man, I want to hear the episode with just you fucking talking to yourself and Samuel Clemens the whole time, just giggling. Oh Samuel Clemens, oh it might be me deep. and King Moody. Maybe yeah, King. I mean, the guy's been dead for sixty years. But that shouldn't stop you. He only died like twenty years ago. Oh really? Yeah, or something King like Moody. that. All right, so he'll be a guest host, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party line. It's a party line. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, I just want you to know, Tim Hamilton, formerly, you know, the enamored subject, banana-related with the supermodel Alex Week, now keeps running into Jenny Slate, famed comedian and writer of Marcel the Shoe, which, one of the co-writers of Marcel the Sh- Shelba Shoes. What? He's been seeing her everywhere. But she used to date like, Captain America. She used to date Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America. And now she's married. Can you? I, I couldn't do that. Oh, that could you part, marry? Yeah, who, how could you marry a woman who's always like, yeah, I used to date Captain America? Yeah, I mean, like, and like, I mean, Tim. <laughs> Every argument. I'm a, I'm, I'm a cis hetero guy, right? Uh-huh. But I could look at Chris Evans and be like, that guy's dreamy. <laughs> like, who's going to compare to that guy? I know. He's all, he's all good politics. He's all hunky. He's got America's butt like that. I mean, who did she marry? Visited kids in a hospital. I'm going to, he visits kids in hospital. He beats up those kids. Probably not. I'm <laughs> looking up Jenny Slate husband. Don't do that. I'm looking up right now. Cutting this out. She's no, married. She's married. Stuff. She's married to Grimace. Grimace, Grimace has <laughs> oh a lot God. of money. <laughs> His name is Ben Shattuck. Oh, he's good looking. He's better looking than me, which folks Google it. It's not in a high bar, but he's a good looking guy. <laughs>